Welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast number 37. Tributes paid to Detroit police captain who died of coronavirus, police departments adopt new procedures, subject to threatened police officers had fake gun, and police unions seek donations of cleaning supplies. From Detroit, Michigan, the Detroit News reports Detroit police captain, Jonathan Parnell, 50, died Tuesday evening after contracting COVID-19. Parnell, a 31-year police veteran who was known throughout the department as Recon, is the second Detroit police employee to die of the virus this week. A 38-year-old civilian dispatcher died Monday after suffering bronchitis-like symptoms, Craig said. In addition to the two deaths, 18 Detroit police employees have been diagnosed with the COVID-19 virus, while 331 uniformed officers and 70 civilian employees are quarantined. Craig said he expects 135 officers to return to duty by this weekend. Parnell, 50, went to the hospital after becoming ill, Craig said Wednesday. He was off work, and he did visit the hospital, and at some point was released home, Craig said during a press conference at public safety headquarters. Yes, we are family, and when we lose a member of our family, we all feel it, the chief said. Jonathan was an extraordinary leader, Mayor Mike Duggan who also attended Wednesday's press conference, added, Our hearts are broken, today, coming a day after the loss of one of our call takers, and we're losing more members of our community, this is going to be hard, we're going to lose a lot more of our citizens, after the dispatcher was confirmed to have contracted the virus, Craig said he ordered employees in the department's communications operations and real-time crime center to temporarily set up shop in a backup dispatch center on Linden Street on Detroit's west side. The fourth floor at Public Safety Headquarters remains evacuated as crews give it a deep cleaning. Craig said he expected the cleaning to last a few days before communications and crime center employees could return. Craig said losing Parnell is tough on a department that's already struggling. I cannot thank enough our police officers and our civilian employees for their continuing bravery, he said. Parnell's previous commands included the commercial auto theft, narcotics and the 10th precinct, Craig said when he promoted Parnell to lieutenant. His crew at auto theft didn't want him to leave. His entire team came to my office and said, Chief, we love him, please don't move him, he said, but it was important for his career development to move to another assignment. From Washington County, Nebraska, the Pilot Tribune reports that Washington County law enforcement and first responders have a challenging job, but now they must take more precautions to protect themselves from coronavirus while on duty. Washington County Sheriff Mike Robinson and Blair Police Captain Aaron Barrow said deputies and officers have been issued personal protection equipment, including gloves and masks. Robinson said his deputies are required to wear gloves and potentially masks on calls for service. Both the sheriff's office and the police department have issued directives to try to reduce the possibility of physical contact or casual transmission. The main reason for this is we want to make sure that we don't run out of police officers, that is the main thing, Barrow said, obviously, we care about everybody's health and the health of their family, but the bottom line is that we still have to be able to provide service and respond to calls. Washington County and the City of Blair have restricted access to county and city offices, including the Sheriff's Office, Courthouse and the Blair Police Station lobby. The offices remain open via phone. Both agencies are also starting to take more reports over the phone rather than in person, 
We would just ask the public's patience with us as we go through this, Barrow said, we know it's going to be inconvenient at times and may seem impersonal, but it's going to be temporary, law enforcement will still respond to major calls for service, Barrow and Robinson said, visitation to the Washington County Jail has also been suspended until further notice, we have to keep that jail open so we need to cut down on the chance of exposure, Robinson said. That includes deputies or police officers just going back to visit, that's done, we can't do it, the same thing with the 911 center. Deputies and officers will not be allowed into the 911 center to pick up paperwork, the county is also taking precautions with prisoners who are brought to the jail, any fresh arrest that comes in now, we're not allowing them in the building until we do some medical screening questions and check their temperature, Robinson said. Blair police officers often respond to rescue calls, however, Barrow said that is likely to be reduced, especially if a patient is complaining of flu-like symptoms, we probably aren't going to go into a home like that and leave that to the medical professionals, he said, we don't like not helping, but like I said the bottom line is that we have to be available for emergency calls. Blair Fire Chief Joe Leonard said members of the Blair Volunteer Fire Department are also taking precautions on rescue calls. If we get a call, we're going in with just one individual to assess the situation, he said. After we assess it, we'll go in with the rest of the crew. Leonard said the department is following guidelines from the Three Rivers Public Health Department and the Blair Rescue Medical Director. If the department gets a call for a potential patient, rescue members have been asked to evaluate the patient in their home, we don't want people to be discouraged because if it's not a medical emergency, if they don't have any difficulty breathing or broken bones or anything like that but they've got some of the signs and symptoms, the medical director, doesn't want us to transport, Leonard said, instead, the patient would be asked to call their health care provider, however, if the patient is in need of transport, first responders would call the hospital and likely be diverted to an Omaha hospital. From Fresno, California, your Central Valley reports that Fresno police have identified the type of weapon involved in a Sunday night officer-involved shooting, which ended with the death of a 55-year-old man. Officers say the gun the suspect was seen waving was a pellet gun. The man has been identified as 55-year-old Gerald Johnson of Fresno. After more than two hours of negotiating, three Fresno police officers shot and killed Johnson when he waved the gun at them. The suspect is said to have been under the influence of PCP at the time. Deputy Chief Michael Reed said 911 calls from a home on the 2900 block of East Gilbert Avenue first came in at 7.25 p.m. A woman called saying her son was possibly high on PCP and was threatening family members with a shovel. Once officers arrived, Reed said, the suspect moved into an abandoned vehicle in the backyard, covering the windows with blankets, towels and other items near the vehicle, for the next hour and 50 minutes. Officers tried to calm the suspect down with their crisis intervention training. Crisis negotiators were also called to calm the suspect down, with no luck. During all of this, officers did notice a gun in the suspect's hand. By the two-hour and six-minute mark, the suspect stopped responding to officers so three began to approach the vehicle he was in. Reed said, this is when the suspect raised the weapon, prompting the officers to fire at the suspect. Reed said the officers feared for their lives. These decisions are very difficult for officers. The amount of emotional stress that comes with shooting someone is a significant amount, he said.
If somebody presents a firearm and levels it at an officer, there is very little recourse but to respond with deadly force. EMS was already on scene and immediately began life-saving efforts on the suspect, before taking him to Community Regional Medical Center, that is where he passed away. The officers who fired were a police sergeant with 15 years experience, and two special response team members with 5 and 6 years experience. The suspect has been in contact with police before for mental health-related issues. He also had a history of assaulting peace officers, according to Reed. Fresno Police Department chaplaincy did dispatch to the scene around 10.30 p.m. to offer resources and counseling to the family. Investigators are expected to be at the scene for the next 24 to 48 hours at least, aside from crime scene evidence. Body camera footage will be looked at to find any statements by the suspect. All firing officers are now on administrative leave, per department policy. From Baltimore, Maryland, WBFF reports the Baltimore Police Union believes city officers are not getting enough cleaning supplies and personal protective gear. The Baltimore FOP posted a letter to its Twitter page Monday, writing in part we know first responders and healthcare workers are drastically more susceptible to being exposed to COVID-19 than the general public. Neither the department, nor the city, has established an adequate amount of these resources. The FOP is requesting the community donate supplies including hand sanitizer, disinfectant wipes and spray, paper towels, masks, personal protective gear and gloves. The Baltimore Police Department has not directly responded to the letter, however, during Monday's city update on Baltimore's response to COVID-19, Commissioner Harrison said the department is working to get even more personal protective gear. We are working diligently to ensure our officers are safe while working simultaneously to decrease the spread, said Harrison. This includes the distribution of personal protective equipment and we are working to procure even more ramping up custodial duties such as disinfecting our facilities and vehicles. In addition, the Baltimore Police Department sent the following statement reading, From day one of the COVID-19 event, robust communication and clear processes between the BPD and the city's EIC were established. This has allowed us to leverage the full weight of the entire city government to ensure adequate supplies, PPE and disinfectants, are added to our supply chain in order to protect those on the front line who protect us. We have filled all requests from members with either an item or an alternative item to include hand wipes. Daily inventories of supplies are routed from the field back into a centralized location in order to keep the supply chain fully functional and plentiful. This has allowed us to maximize what supplies we already have and keep track of what is needed going forward throughout the duration of this event. It has also allowed us to prioritize those in the agency who interact the most frequently with the public, and this naturally began with our patrol officers. While hand sanitizer is easy, the regular washing of hands with basic soap and water is the most effective way to protect ourselves and our officers, against the spread of COVID-19, in Baltimore County, its police union is also asking for donations, specifically, cleaning supplies can be dropped off at all precincts and the public safety building, the department released a statement regarding the union's organization of community donations reading, we are fortunate to have the outpouring of support from the public that we have seen these last couple of weeks. We are now trying to navigate our way through taking donations in a way that we've never done before. 
The FOP has begun compiling a list of goods and services that have been offered to our first responders, including hotel rooms and cleaning services at discounted rates. As our officers are working non-stop through this pandemic, the department would like to extend our gratitude to the FOP for their assistance, and to the many community members and businesses, like Home Depot, which have donated in 95 face masks. We'd also like to thank the various other businesses and citizens who have assisted us by donating cleaning supplies which allow our officers to continue to serve the community while maintaining a safe working environment in which to do so. For donations to the Baltimore City Police Department will be accepted at the Baltimore FOP Lodge located at 3921 Avista Avenue in Baltimore. A sign will direct donors to the FOP parking lot, where there will be a designated drop-off at the lodge parking will be available from 8 a.m., 4 p.m., Monday Friday. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.